I have a question. How many of you all have ever been to a board meeting, a PTA meeting, a little league meeting, uh, some kind of some kind of meeting, right? Um, it's kind of awkward at the high school because it turns into a popularity contest, right? Because every club votes on president and vice president. And so I'll go to Youth Alive or Christ Alive at the school, at the middle school, and they'll be like, there's four of us running for president. There's four of us running for president. And the kids are sweating it. They're going, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to I'm going to get it. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to one of those. And I, uh, the thought came to my mind, what if every position's taken, right? What if the president position's already taken, the vice president, treasurer, resident, resident important person, you know, resident sermon critic, you know, whatever. I don't know. Um, if, every, if, every, if every position's already taken and they get down to the bottom of the agenda of the meeting and they say, all right, we need someone to sign up to be the resident slave, this year. We need someone to sign up to be the servant this year. I'm sure in our hearts we go, oh, yeah, I'd raise my hand. Mm-hmm. But we would think that we were getting the worst of the jobs. Oh, all the good jobs are taken already. All the good positions are filled. I'll have to take the servant position. So I came to Christ in this church. Fourteen, I was 14 years old. Um, Saddle used to sit over here. Pastor Mike would preach up here. Go to Fellowship Hall for youth group over there. We had three services. Um, And there was a song that I really liked when I first got saved, and it's by Switchfoot, so forgive me if you don't know who that is. One of my favorite bands. Um, I'm the youth pastor. I can say stuff like that up here, okay? You know? Uh, I like hymns too, don't worry. Uh, It's called Life Life and Love and Why, and the lyrics say this. first verse in the chorus says life and love and why child adult then die all of your hoping and all of your searching for what ask me for what am i living or what gives me strength that i'm willing to die for that's the first verse in the chorus. right comes in the chorus and he says this could it be this could this be bliss could it be all that i ever had missed could it be true can life be new And then, can I be used? Can I be used? Right? And so here I am as a 14-year-old, sinful as the day is long, struggling in every area of my life. Uh, We just moved to Tehachapi. My life's in chaos. Everything is going the way I wish it wouldn't. And the Lord says, hey, I'm going to save you. I'm going to save you. And then he says, and you know what? I'll let you turn the lights on at church. I'll let you, I'll let you pray. I'll let you, I'll let you make sure the heaters are on in the morning. My brother was a big, big shot sound guy. He got to sit back in the booth, right? I had no such skills at the time. And so I, but we, I got here, most of the time we got here at 730 in the morning or whatever. And I would just sit around and turn the lights on and turn the heaters on and all this stuff. And I thought it was the best thing in the universe, Right? Why would these people let me even be here? Right? If they knew who I was, if they knew what God had rescued me from, why? Why would I? Why, just it's amazing. And so that song, could it be this? Could it be bliss? Can I be used? Can I be used? Um, we're going to talk about eight amazing privileges of serving Christ this morning. Some of you are like eight. Yeah, eight. Don't worry, I'll go fast. Um, 
I want to pray for us, and then we'll talk about what a privilege it is to serve Christ. Okay, would you bow your heads with me and pray? God, we look to you this morning. Um, we're going to be in a lot of passages. We're going to go fast. Um, but God, these passages have meant so much to me over the years. And I pray that I could just um, give them out in a way that's worthy um, of the power and the joy that they bring to serve the living King. Um, thanks, God, for everyone that's here. God, thank you that you let us sit in front of your word, that you let us talk to you, that you let us serve, that you let us be a part of what you're doing. Um, It's a privilege beyond what we could imagine. And so help us, God. We love you. We pray pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to meet a lot of pastors. I want to start in Luke 17. Luke 17. So if you have a Bible, keep it handy. Keep it nearby. Uh, We're going to go through a lot of them fast. I don't have time this morning to treat everyone. I could do a 10-week series on this maybe. It's something I do, like Kevin said, think about a lot. But number one, the first, it's a privilege. Think about this. It is a privilege to serve God and not Satan. Right? We're going to start at the basic levels here, okay? It is a privilege to serve God and not Satan. I was dead. Satan was my master. All I did was dead and corrupt and sinful, right? Before I knew Christ. And then the Lord of the universe says, hey, you can switch teams. You can come over here. And I go, me? Are you sure? I'm always the last one picked. I don't know. if I'm not very good at soccer, right? I'm not very good at much. Luke 17, look at verse 7. Luke 17, 7. Suppose one of you had a servant plowing or looking after the sheep, this is Christ speaking. Would he say to the servant when he comes in from the field, come along now and sit down and eat? Would he rather not say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink? After that, you may eat and drink. Would he thank the servant because he did as he was told to do? So you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say we are unworthy servants We have only done our duty. If that was it, if that was all that there was, that God just let me serve him instead of Satan, that's a privilege. It's a privilege to be on the right team. It's a privilege to have the right master. It's a privilege to to have anything to do with what God's doing. You don't have to turn there, but in 1 Thessalonians 1, 9, Paul says this. He says of the Thessalonians, he says, People tell how you turn to God from idols. To serve the living and true God. That's how he describes their conversion. That they, they turned away from idols that they were serving. And instead served Christ. If he didn't treat me better than a slave. If he didn't, if, if he didn't do anything else for me. That would be enough. Do we wait around to be thanked? As if it's our privilege to serve God? As, I mean, as if it's his privilege to have us serve him. We say, oh, unless I get a thank you, unless I get a position, unless I, I, unless I can be recognized, then uh, I don't know, you know, these people are ungenerous. They're, the, they're not grateful around here. Really? So if a surgeon saves my life, and, I, and then I get to go on and do something great, or do anything, and, and he's standing next to me, is it proper me to say oh thank me (laughs) thank thank me that i got to do that no thank him 
I wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for him. I wouldn't even be right. Whenever he's, whenever that surgeon was in my presence, I wouldn't want. I wouldn't want anything. I would say this guy. And so it is with God, right? You want to thank me for preaching? You want to thank someone around here who painted or teach or taught your kids? We were all dead, and if you don't, if that's not our perspective, then we're not starting. So that's why I wanted to start with that this morning. So we got to start in the right place, right? God deserves the glory. God deserves the thanks. God deserves the love, the everything. Who am I that I would even get to be on his team? If the message, if, I, if all I did was close in prayer, maybe we would, we would adjust our attitudes. Eight, eight of these I get to say, right? It's a privilege to serve God. Turn over to Psalm 84. It's a privilege to serve God, not Satan. Number two, second privilege It's a privilege to have God's protection and provision. It's a privilege to have God's protection and provision. So not only does he let me be on his team, but he says, hey, there's benefits to being on my team. I will protect you and I will provide for you. This is one of our favorite songs in high school. There were like eight songs that we had that were based off this psalm. Psalm 84, verse 10. Very familiar, I hope. Psalm 84.10. And by the way, all these passages, you could go and dive into them this week. I mean, you could just make a list. If you're not a note taker, today might be a good day to try. <laughs> um, because you could go back to these and read the whole psalm. Read the whole passage in Luke. Read the whole first chapter of 1 Thessalonians. It'd be totally beneficial. But he says this. 84.10. Psalm 84.10. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Everybody loves that line. Oh, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Right, we sing songs about it. It's great. Look at the next line. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. O Lord Almighty, blessed is the man who trusts in you. It's one of our favorite songs, but for some reason, the doorkeeper part never gets in the songs, right? Better is that one day in your presence, God, I'll be in your presence. I'll stand before you and get, and, you know, and get all the benefits. Psalmist said, I would rather stand as a doorkeeper for God, a meaningless servant. That's what that is, right? It's not a glory job. It's not like, oh, oh, this guy's the greatest. Let's put him on the door. He can open the door for people. He might even get to wash their feet as they come in. Well, that's great. No. I would rather be a doorkeeper than the thousand days in the tents of the wicked. The point is that the doorkeeper spot would do. It would be a privilege just to be in God's house and have him provide and protect me, even if I'm just the doorkeeper. Small jobs around here, right? There's a, there's a, I mean, I've been here for, uh, since 1998, some of you a little longer than that. I could, there's a million small jobs that could be done around here, right? Kevin talked about the leaves, right? The leaves piling up. This is, this is a doorkeeper kind of job. And yet, if our perspective is right, I would rather do that for just one day get to serve my God than spend a thousand days serving Satan and serving myself, right? That's what this passage says. It's a privilege, there are doorkeeper spots around here. They're, they're not up front. They're not glorious. But their master offers more than you could ever imagine. Let me look at the psalm, right? The Lord God is a sun and a shield, light, protection. 
The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does He withhold. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. That's amazing. (laughs) That God would treat me that way. A servant. It's a privilege. So I told you, i got to go fast. But it's a privilege to serve God, not Satan. It's a privilege to have God's protection and provision. God doesn't treat anybody as disposable. That's what that means. Do you get that? Sometimes, maybe it's your company, there's throwaway jobs, right? These people rotate in and out. They don't get any benefits. They don't get nothing. We work them to death and then we send them off to somebody else to do the same. It's not how God treats any of his servants. God says, everyone down to the doorkeeper gets my protection and my provision and I will watch over them and walk with them. Number three. The next three kind of go together, so we're going to go through them. Um, and this was directly from the song. It's, it's a privilege to be useful. It's a privilege to be useful. For those of you that got saved later in life, um, do you remember how meaningless it was? Right? Do you remember how purposeless, how... And I don't want to steal Pastor Mike Stunner. He's going to preach in a couple weeks and talk more about this. But like, it, it, it... So look, I want you to turn to Romans. I want you to turn to Romans 6. This word useful is used in the scriptures in 2 Timothy. You don't have to turn there either, but you can write it down. 2 Timothy 2.21. Timothy says, if you cleanse yourself from these things, you will be a vessel useful to the master. Paul says of Mark at the end of his life, Mark is useful to me. Paul Paul says of Philemon, he is useful, right? He's useful. Romans 6 verse 20, look down. When you were slaves to sin, think about this. This is beautiful logic here. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. You're like, I loved that. People, oh yeah, I I did whatever I wanted to. 21. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. You get that? What a question. What benefit did you reap? Useless is what he's saying. All the deeds that we did before we went to serve the king, useless. They reaped death for us. Some of you guys, this isn't that encouraging. Sorry, I'm trying to be, this is Brandon trying to be encouraging. Your youth have to struggle with this all the time, right? I tend to be serious, and so I I try to be otherwise, but we were useless, (laughs) And yet, well, look at what he says, verse, verse 22. But now you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God. The benefit you reap leads to holiness and results in what? Eternal life. Then, then the verse everybody knows. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. My life caused destruction before I knew Christ. And even some days after, Right? But before I knew Christ, it was destruction. I was destroying my own soul. I was destroying relationships around me. And yet now, God says, instead of lying, I can tell the truth. Right? In Ephesians 4, if you want to turn there later. But no, you don't have, we don't have time. Right? But Ephesians 4, I can, I can tell the truth instead of lie. I can encourage instead of have profane words come out of my mouth. I can love instead of be selfish. Useful. I can be a useful human being (laughs) to the glory of God. I can be useful, real positive fruit. So I would say be useful. Number four, we're going to, we got to keep moving fast, but number four, turn to Luke 16. So not only can I be useful, but then God says it's a privilege to, to steward true riches. Get this, get this true riches. 
if all I could ever be useful for around here was just just worldly stuff, so to speak, that'd be good enough. <laughs> good enough. You mean I can help people? I can tell them the truth? I can give them encouragement for the day? Good enough. But then look at Luke 16, verse 10. This is incredible to me. So not only can I be useful, but then it says this, Luke 16, 10. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So some of us, just this is a side note, but you want the big jobs. But are we faithful with the small ones? Can't stay too long on that. Verse 11. So if you have been trustworthy in handling worldly riches, or sorry, if you've not been, who will trust you with true riches? Look at that word, true riches. Wait a second. I read that and I go, wait a second. God, are you willing to let me ha- to let me do this? True riches, people's souls, people's eternity, to help with that kind of stuff? The church of God, the body of Christ, the saints, the, your beloved, your, your, your sons and daughters. Some of us think money is a test of how money is a small worldly wealth, small thing. But God says to those who are faithful in the small, there's big things. To get to work for God's kingdom and not my own, to get to be a part of his church. This is the only institution that hell will not prevail against. The church of God, the body of Christ. And he says, so, so this is what I would say. So don't only be useful, be useful for the kingdom, right? It's a privilege that, that we can, I can be useful in the kingdom of God. I can share the gospel. I can serve. I can encourage. I can, I can show people, any one of us, right? We all have our own copies of the Bible, What a privilege is that? I can sit with someone and say, I don't know anything, but let's read something together. There's probably something in here that will be that will help us. Right. True riches. This is true riches right here. So for number five, so as if that wasn't enough, right? Think about this. I bet there's a lot of people that go around saying I work at the White House. I work at the White House or maybe in England. I think I, I like to think of England better sometimes the royalty and all that stuff. Right? I serve at Buckingham Palace. Right? That's great. And it sounds really nice, but the guy's probably like a parking attendant, right? I park cars at the at Buckingham Palace. See, think about this. But what if but if someone says, I serve the Queen. I serve the Queen directly. I bring her the tea in the morning. I don't know what she does. I don't know. This is what God says of me. Flip over to Matthew 25. So it's one thing to just serve in Buckingham Palace. It is a different thing to get to serve the queen directly. So I can be useful, and I can be useful in God's kingdom, but then the mind-blowing thing is, Jesus says, you can serve me. You can represent me and serve me directly. Not just in my kingdom, not just in my church, but me. The God of the universe who paid for your soul. Matthew 25, 34. We could spend a long time just in this passage, but it says, 25, 34. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world is Jesus. Talking about the apocalypse, I believe. 
For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. And I was sick, you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or in need or needing clothes and clothes you? When did you when did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? Verse 40, the king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for the one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. If Jesus were here, would you put a cup of water in his hand if he was thirsty? Why is, this, why, is, why is the children's ministry the most important thing going on here? Because. Why is it important to take care of the sick? Because then we can say, I don't, I, I mean, you, you can come, and it's not saying anything against anybody, right? But we can come and clean, we can come and do all this stuff. But if you want to put a cup of water directly into Jesus' hand, there are things you can do that he would allow it. Can you imagine that? Who am I that he would even allow that to happen? Right? I'm not getting an appointment with the queen or the president anytime soon. I don't know if you guys knew that. They're not like impressed that I'm the youth pastor of Bear Valley Church in Tehachapi. Right? They're not like, wow. They're not impre- no, no offense, but they're not impressed with any of your jobs in this room. I, I don't know. Maybe some of you are like, oh, I shook, I, shook, you know, I shook somebody's hand. Okay, you shook. Did you serve them? So listen, so to the end of these three points, not only can I be useful for the kingdom, but I get to represent the king. If that's not motivation for serving, if that's not a privilege, so not only do I get my pathetic life to be useful, but it gets to be useful in the kingdom of God, which is the only eternal thing on this planet, our souls and the kingdom of God, right? And then I get to serve Christ directly. That's privilege, right? That, that, who, who deserves such a thing? But if you're a servant of Christ, this is what you get. Number six. Number six. All this would be enough, right? If your minds aren't blown enough that Jesus Christ would let you do this. You guys all know this. You don't have to even turn there. John fifteen fifteen. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you what? Friends. Instead, I've called you friends. What? <laughs> Are you joking? You're kidding me, right? I mean, think about a little insecure 14-year-old moving to a brand new place. I had zero friends. And the king of the universe says, hey, I'll let you in on what I'm doing. Come over here. I mean, if he had called me and just stepped on me, or just, I mean, you know what I mean? Whatever would have been enough, but he calls me and then he says, hey, hey, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. Let me tell you what I'm doing here. No, you're not just going to be a slave or a servant. I want you to be in with me. We're friends. I want, I want to tell you what I'm doing in this world. I want to tell you how to minister to people. I want to, I want to trust you with the purposes, with, with the plans. Not that they're my purpose, but that God would say, hey, let me let you in on what I'm doing in people's lives. Let me let you in on how you can really minister to people at your work. Let me let you in on how you can help someone that's grieving. Let me let you in on how, how, how all this can be a part of your life. And then he walks away and says, I'll see you later, friend. What? 
God of the universe would call me friend. That's incredible. That passage you could go to, John 15, 12, but we don't, we don't, we don't have time. So number six, it's a privilege to be called a friend. Number seven, we're almost done. It's a privilege to be offered reward. It's a privilege to be offered reward. Right? So on top of all this, if there was zero payment, if there was zero incentive, if there was zero credit given for any, right? And it's not all the glory goes to God, but he, you can't go through the New Testament without seeing that he offers his people reward. What? It's enough just not to be punished. <laughs> Right? That God, that the God of the universe would offer me incentive and reward, that he would put something out in front of me. And again, Mike's going to talk more about this, so I can't. But I want you to turn to Matthew 10, 40, just real fast. Matthew 10, verse 40. A similar passage to one that we already went over. Um, and Mike will cover this a lot more than I will, but. Matthew ten forty. So number seven is it's a privilege to be offered reward. As a friend, I'm no longer threatened with punishment. Instead, I'm offered reward. This is incredible. Matthew 10, 40. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives the one who sent me. 41. Anyone who receives a prophet, because he is a prophet, will receive a prophet's reward. Anyone who receives a righteous man, because he is a righteous man, will receive a righteous man's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones, because he is my disciple... I tell you the truth, he will certainly not lose his reward. There was a lady that taught Sunday school here for I don't even know how long. Every this classroom over here. And she would go into the fellowship hall with a little pitcher, get some water for the kids. Reward. Why? We don't have time, but you guys know this passage, Matthew 19, you can write it down, where Peter, Peter says, Jesus, we've left everything for you. Jesus, we've left everything. So maybe some of you feel that sometimes. Maybe when you came to Christ, your family turned their back on you, or your family didn't come, right? Your family didn't come to Christ with you. You, you went all alone. Maybe there's been real consequences in your life. And he says this, Jesus says, Everyone, for everyone who has left houses and brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last. Many who are last will be first. I don't have time. Kevin talked about that last week, the first and last. Um, you cannot seek to be the most important and to have these kind of privileges. You can't. If you find yourself the most important person in this room, doesn't work. Many who think, I, I, I'm going to just to clarify the thought, many who think they're first shall be last. The many who think they're last shall be first. You may take the jobs around here no one wants to take and you say, I must be the last most pathetic person around here. Good. <laughs> Good. And I know it's hard to have that attitude, right? It's very hard to have that. Attitude. So what I want to, I just want the word privilege running through our minds. That when I'm doing that job, no one else will do. That when I'm teaching the young ones that are just testing my patience, probably beyond testing, probably breaking your patience, right? I just got two kids at home, and I like, I just, I look at a Sunday, I would rather be with middle schoolers. It's just a weird thing about me, like, 
a lot of people would go, give me the two-year-olds. And I'd say, no, 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 no. I'll take, I'll take 25 middle schoolers over this two-year-old thing. Um, true, true, I would. Um, 1 Corinthians 3, you don't have to turn there again, but you can read it later. His works will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss and he himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. Um, it's true that no one pulls a U-Haul to heaven. A lot of people hear that line, right? No one pulls a U-Haul to heaven. But it is true that things can go through the fire and be rewarded there. At middle school camp, there's this thing where we try to have the guys help the girls, right, uh, with their luggage. Uh, and it's, but as a middle schooler, it's a big deal that you're like, get the right spot. And so, so there's always this one kid. So in San Marcos, there's this huge hill. We used to go to this camp where the cabins were built up this big old hill, big long steps. And so to get the girls' luggage, to actually help them with it, this was a thing. Like, this was not an easy thing. Like, you were carrying luggage up, I mean, 100, 100 steps, 150 steps, like up, 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 up a steep hill. And some of these middle school girls, they pack as if they brought their whole room. You know what I mean? And so they got their whole room in a bag, and there's this little tiny sixth grader, right, sixth grade boy, trying to huff it up the hill. So then think about it. The first will be last and last will be first. There's many a middle school boy that skipped that assignment and got their first choice of bunk in the guys' cabins. But there'd always be this one kid who came straggling last because he actually helped. The last will be first. The last will be first. There's a reward for that. Last but not least, this is the last point. So we had, so the privileges so far to serve God, not Satan, to have God's provision and protection, to be useful, to steward true riches, to serve Christ directly, to be called a friend and to be rewarded. All right, last but not least. So I have a two-year-old, which is funny of what I just said, but two-and-a-half-year-old son. And if you come over to our house, there's a lot of toys that he would let you play with. Right? He would share them with you. He would say, yeah, let's play with this. Let's play with that. Let's play with this. But there's a couple toys where if you laid a finger on them, you would probably be his worst enemy. Right? He would think you're taking it from him. Like he's got a little frog right now that he carries around. He's got Buddy the monkey. Right? We've got a little monkey that he carries around. And if you get between him and Buddy, his little monkey friend... It's not going to be a good day for you or for me, probably, right? We're not going to have a fine evening together. You know what I mean? Um, So here's the deal. There's special toys. And so if Beck comes up to you and says, hey, here's Buddy. You can take care of him for me while I go play with Legos. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. So if all of this were true, this is how, this is the privileges we got to serve God. And yet, he reserved his most special thing, right? He reserved his most special thing and said, you guys can serve me, but this thing here you cannot touch. That'd still be fine. <laughs> Privilege. Flip over to First Peter chapter 4. First Peter chapter 4. We would still be privileged servants beyond what we would ever deserve or could earn, right? I want you guys to know this, by the way. Salvation cannot be earned this way. 
Right? Please, if you're sitting here thinking that by serving God, you're going to earn a place in heaven, you are wrong. You are wrong. And it's going to be because of what we're about to say. Because, because you know what his most special possession is? Besides Christ, I guess, in a sense. But his most special possession is grace. It's grace. Inviolable grace. Free, unmerited, unearned grace. Look at what 1 Peter says. 1 Peter 4.10 Each one of you should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. Listen to this. Faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Wait, hold the presses. Wait a second. Are you saying that of all things in the universe that God is going to give to me to give to somebody else, it's going to be grace? Is that what you're saying? That free unmerited, that I can tell them about salvation, that I can tell them of a God who loves them, that I can tell them of a God who paid the price for them and bought them with the blood of His own Son, that I get to show people that kind of love and that kind of encouragement and that message. God says, yep, I'll give it to you and you give it to others. Right? What? Look at what He says. So so that informs our service. Verse 11. If anyone speaks, then he should do it as speaking the very words of God. And if anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. God lets me help dispense his grace. This is not a Catholic sense, by the way. Mary, dispenser of grace things, not it. Uh, it's not that I have a repository of grace that I can hand out to other people. It's that God's grace can flow through me. I can be a blessing, I can share good news, I can teach, I can comfort, I can feed and clothe. All without anybody earning it from, from me. You don't have to earn it from me, for me to teach you. You don't have to be a good parent for me to teach your students. You don't have, nothing, it's not an earned system. God lets me have his, his most special possession and give it away to other people. So in conclusion, if the meeting's going on, and the position up for grabs is servant. Maybe it's physical labor. Maybe it's counseling somebody. Sunday school teaching. Cleaning. Giving. Just serving positions. Not important. Not deciding. Not, not glorious. Don't shrink back from raising your hand. And saying now there is the privileged position I've been waiting for. Everyone else took president in all the positions they thought were important. But when servant comes up, you raise your hand and you say, that's the privilege I've been waiting for. That's the one God talks about.